podcast. And we also play D and D. I quit. Nice. I mean, I, like I say, I quit every time, and I keep coming back. <laughs> but why do you keep coming back? <laughs> I love D and D. It's maybe not Jeffrey. Why are we still here? I just overdosed on Tic Tacs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Make Believe Heroes, an actual play, 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons adventure. I am your host and Dungeon Master. My name is Paul, and tonight I'm joined, per the usual, by four pals of mine. Hey guys, it's Jeremy, and I play Saul. I am Jeffrey, and I am Paul's pal. And friend. As was previously stated. Friendos. Also, I play a character in this show, and his name is Kjorg. Kjorg. Does Kjorg have a last name? I can't tell you that. It's a secret name. His second name is Kjorg as well. Would you like to know what it is? <laughs> it's like Mario Mario. Kjorg from Clan Kjorg. Uh, Would you like to know what it is? Like Kjorg. Kind of. Well, I could tell you, but you're going to have to give me a minute to scroll back in the messages, like a, a quite a ways probably. <laughs> Okay, you find it. We'll move on. And then on. I'll tell you that. One. Okay, uh, Fel- uh, Felicia, introduce yourself. Hey, I'm Felicia, and I play Misk. Oh, I'm Alan, and I play Brackle. Alan's in the room with me tonight. How did I get here? Oh! And me. It's terrifying. Is this the same day as like six episodes ago, where we didn't do D and D? One episode ago. You see, no. Tom is a full circle, and uh, it's Tommy Wami Wibbly Wobbly. Goop stuff, but I, I read from Einstein that time is interwoven with space, and it's relative. And if you get near gravity, then it changes. But if you move fast, it changes too. So, a few weeks back, we put out a discussion episode for our New Year's break, you could say, and that's the same as today. It's the same day in the real time. Wait, what? Alan comes around every year around Christmas time, stays for you know roughly a week or so. And so he is in the room with Felicia and I tonight, and we're about to get back into some dungeons and some dragons. Nice. Literally never heard of that. I'm so excited. So before I do anything else, I'm going to take this large Azul <laughs> D20. What does oh, Azul Spanish. mean? Blue. Blue. I'm going to roll it on this nice new dice tray that Jeffrey made for Felicia. It's awesome. It's her it's, official initiation. It is also as a... Wait a second. What if she wanted to roll on it first? You know what? Wait, what? Here, Felicia. Are you serious? I'm going to let you roll. I get to roll this? This is unheard of. But this is for Paul, so I hope it'll be really awful. That's not good. But it's my birthday, and I didn't get to roll it. I knew Alan was going to say that. I knew he was waiting to say it's my birthday. (laughs) Uh, I didn't want to roll it. (laughs) Wait a minute. He's not going to be here again He's crying. I'll never be here again. Wait a minute. Wait. They're rolling the introductory roll with advantage. (gasps) Oh, there you go. Okay. I can get behind that. We got a five. We got a five. Rolled in your tray, Alan. It was pretty bad. Heavy. 
Oh. Alan rolled an 18. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Alan just ruined it for us. And then he tried to cover it with his head. Covered he it. At me and <laughs> it plus what? Uh, plus nothing. Plus. I don't know if Alan just did a good thing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was actually with disadvantage. Okay. So last time we played Dungeons and Dragons, the four of you, along with your new friend, Juniper, Juniper, were at a party. Jupiter? There were shenanigans. Hutsy. Saul is not convinced that she's a friend. Oh, yeah? Heck no. Saul doesn't trust anyone. And Brackle still thinks her name's Jennifer. Saul was running around and meeting new people. He was interested in the fact that there were no other races here besides humans, except for with their own party. You were all trying to get to know some of the people around there, find out what's up with this tower, Sylvandale, and this mysterious master who has yet to reveal himself. But wait. Then the mysterious figure appeared up on the stage halfway through the night as a piano began to play its dulcet tones and a melancholy, mysterious song filled the room. And it was the master playing and singing and everyone was enraptured by his song. And then as quickly as he appeared, he was gone and you all couldn't find him. You retired to your rooms. Per the instructions of the caretaker, butler of the Tower of Sylvandale, Quentin, you all retired to your rooms to get some rest and await for the master to summon you to his quarters. As each of you drifted off, or didn't, in the case of Saul, mysterious things began to happen, and each of you were called by a light into the main room from your strange rooms within your quarters that were mysteriously set to your own tastes. Each of you had a different experience and met with a strange person who in each case impersonated someone else. You've met with a terrible fate, haven't you? Brackle had a baby. We ended last time as each of you were taken through a strange vision or something. Who even knows, right? Misk, you stepped through a bright doorway following the footsteps of the master of the tower that you just met. Ooh. I stepped through. It's a bright light in here, very bright. It's hard to see. Your eyes are adjusting. You know, like a, like those old camera flashes, like they yeah. would burn. It's like that, and your eyes are adjusting, and then it starts to dim down and dim down, and you're in sort of living room type area, a den, you might say. There are all of these high-backed, fluffy, comfy chairs with silver leather. Your friends are all seated in a sort of semicircle before this large burning fireplace. And sitting on the floor, on a rug, in front of the fireplace, facing you all, is this strange figure. Someone that you've all seen. Misk, you just got done speaking with him. You've all seen him. He's very, very... He looks somehow elvish, but distinctly human. His ears are rounded at the tip, but his features are so defined that they're almost elvish, if that makes sense. His robes are silver with royal blue threading, perfectly fitted to his figure. His skin, very light, pale but in an attractive way, and his hair is bright white. And yet he appears to be quite young, possibly in his late 20s. And he's just sitting cross-legged in front of this hearth, this burning fireplace looking at you. And you're all awake. It's like you just found yourself sitting in this chair. What in the world just happened? I just found myself. It seems I've just found myself sitting in this chair. What is- Saul stands up mm. and draws a dagger, or draws his sword. Mm-hmm. Where is my father? What is this madness? Saul, please. What are you doing? Please, Saul, have a seat. Have a seat. No need for all of this hostility. Who are you? Ah, uh, that's the question, isn't it, Saul? 
I know you, but you don't know me. But please, you are a guest in my home. Welcome. This is my own personal, I like to call it my thinking room, really. It's, um, it's a place I go to unwind. I've invited you all here. Please, have a seat. Would you like a drink? What just happened to all of us? Before he says, have a drink, Saul sees, like, the drink cart or the drinks on the shelf over there and goes over and pours a very large bourbon. As that's going on, Brackle, Kjorg, what are you two doing? I sit there and watch what's going on because I'm confused. Brackle? Brackle says... I, too, would like a drink. Saul keeps his sword out and slowly walks back to his chair, mm-hmm. sits down, pulls a cigar out of his, well, out of his jacket, mm-hmm. uh, lights it, takes a big draw, leans forward, keeps his sword out across his lap. I asked your name. I will reveal my name quite soon, Saul, but please, your sister hasn't even had a seat. Misk, would you like to join us? I... I don't even know what just happened. I promise that soon I will explain myself in full, but please, you are my guest. Make yourself comfortable. We all dreamed something. That's what happened. Misk sits down next to Saul. Would you like a snack, a drink, Misk? Anything? Some water, perhaps? Or... I just want an explanation. Do you require anything? Are you all comfortable? Are you, are you, are you good? Are you happy? Are you well-fed? Um, are you a good fighter? Well, I've I've been called such in my time. Why do you ask? I'm ready to fight. Oh, well, perhaps we can spar in a bit. Would you enjoy that? Don't get caught up talking to the meat. What does it mean, <laughs> truly, to be happy? Saul, if you would please, refrain from being so crass to your friends. My friends... That is exactly who these people are, Saul. I just saw my father on this plane, and you want me to be calm? And here I am? How did I even get here? Wait, Who are you? Why should we be talking to you? You seen our father? What's going on? Yes, Misk. He was here. You were there. You were at the barley barrel. And you were there. He was there. He was outside. And Aunt Grendel, too. I don't remember her name. In all of his power. He wasn't diminished. He wasn't like us. That's not what happened to me. (sighs) Wait a minute. We're on a plane? (laughs) We're on a boat. And I think we had a some sort of dream or vision that was different for each of us. A vision, perhaps. Not a dream. You're all awake. You're all aware. There's nothing as trivial as that occurring here. The devils of the nine hells have tried to pull such tricks on me and none have been successful, so I ask you again, who are you? Hmm. It's clearly John Cena! (laughs) 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 The fact that you all did that in harmony was phenomenal. You wouldn't be able to see him if it was John Cena. Okay. Very true. Well, if he had attacked, then invisibility is... Okay, yeah, you're right. Jeez. <laughs> All right, look, I, I, I'm not one for exposition, but I'll give you all some answers. One at a time. Misk, why don't you begin? What would you like to know? What's your name? Hmm. My name. 
I've been called many things, lived a long time, I've bore many names, but the first name, that would be Hopenkill, the true. Next question. Does that mean anything to you, Saul? Nope. Not the name. But you can roll me a history check. Hope and kill the what? I want to roll a history check. Hope and kill the true. 13 on the dice, and Saul's history is a plus two, so 15. Doesn't ring any specific bells, but you take note of the true. The true. Saul, you look like you have a burning question. Choose wisely. The true, you say? Absolutely. Who are you that you have power over a prince of hell? And do you know where I could find the princess Brianna? That's two questions. Choose one. You don't get to wish for more wishes. (laughs) He looks at Kjorg. Mm -hmm. Looks back at the true. Mm. The first one. How do you have power over me? The true. A considerable amount of power has been granted to me. By the gods, you might say. Or more than that. It's really somewhat unclear, to be honest, the true origin of our power. But I'm the prince of the Nine Hills. Saul, you've only recently journeyed to the natural plane, to Manumi, right? Only a few days now. Yes. Already your power dwindles. I think it grows. Already your memories, they're becoming foggier. Things about the hells, about the plains below, they've already started to fade, haven't they? And so really it's not such a question of how I could have such power over a prince of the nine hells when a prince you are no more. Yes, he is. Misk, you know it as well as I. You have been here for some time now. That power is fading, Saul. And a new power will arise in its place. Something better. Saul stands up and downs his bourbon, throws the glass in the fire. You best watch your tongue. But he's not like... Normally that would be enough for Saul just to murder someone. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, he's perplexed by someone being able to do what they did to him. Mm -hmm. And so he's still listening but he's still right on that knife's edge of trying to kill this guy. Saul, please, no need for such antics. Have a seat. And you find yourself sitting back in the chair. Oh my gosh. Oh, snap. Saul looks at Misk, looks back at him, notices his sword's back in his scabbard, Mm -hmm. looks at Misk, sits back in his chair, crosses his leg, and just takes a big draw off his cigar. He stands up and he turns and he starts to pace back and forth in front of the fireplace. It's very cozy in here, warm. It's really dark outside. There are windows on the walls that you can see a little ways back, you know, a number of yards away from where you're sitting. In fact, if you look around, you realize this room seems kind of big. And even though he said these are his quarters, it's strange. This room looks too big to be inside the Tower of Sylvandale. Are you saying it's bigger on the inside? Mm-hmm. You could say that. Is it blue? Kjork. Yeah? Do you have a question for me? Where did Fang go? Why was Fang... Why was I... Now Now I'm here, but I wasn't here because I was with Fang. Yes, Kjork. But before that, I was here. Kjork, I think that 
The real answer to your question concerns my power itself, you see. I have power to suss out truth, always. And, well, you saw a true representation of what lies within your heart. And Fang, he is closest to your heart, is he not? True. The closest thing to a father that you've ever had. And who better to speak with you, who better to reveal truth to you than he? Very true. Brackle, do you have a question for me? I only have one question. Where's Rachel? I knew it. God. I knew it. <laughs> when you said Brackle. Please. No, <laughs> uh, uh, Brackle says, uh, so you or something has compelled us here made our paths here inevitable. I admit that I was responsible for that. That wasn't my question. That was a statement. Okay. <laughs> so you you compelled us here. Mm-hmm. You had us go to this frivolous party, brought us back, showed us all while we're on this dire mission of import to each of us, and then showed us visions. I don't know what the others had, but I, I know what I saw. I know it wasn't easy. It wasn't pleasant. It was true. Yes. Brackle. And what? Well, I don't want to use that question. My question, it's true. You're playing mind games. I see. I almost asked a question there. What I'm getting to. Feel safe, Brackle. I'm not going to trap you. Ask your question. This feels like a trap to me. My question is why? Why bring us here? Why compel us to come? Why make us while away the evening with cavorting? First of all, Brackle. I know that you have lived a difficult life. I can see it in you. I can see pain. I can see loneliness. Life is pain, Highness. Anyone who says different is selling something. (laughs) I can see somewhat of a coldness in you, Brackle. So let me first give you some advice. Joy is never trivial, Brackle. Life without joy is one not worth living. The gods have done so much just to create the avenue for happiness, enjoyment, for life, Brackle. Don't let that pass you by in favor of necessity. But that is not your question. Your question, if I may say, Brackle, is a very apt and true question. Why? Miss, why did I show you all that you saw? Why did I show you that life? The thing that you've often considered that you would love to have. Why did I wave that before your face? Saul, why did I show you how that your world and your life is changing before your very eyes? That you've become already to rely on friends, to care for people. Jorg, a future for your tribe, for your home. Why did I show you these things? Because these are the truest desires of your hearts. They're the things that, deep down, each of you longs for in your future. But, why did I bring you here? My answer is a question. Why are you here? Because you brought us here. Not here in Sylvandale. Why are you doing this? Doing what? Why do you seek Brianna? Because she's in need. Is this the right thing to do? All right. Offense. Yes, defense. Are you the bush wizard? That's a name I've never been called, but yes, I guess you could say that I am the bush wizard. (laughs) I did bring you here, Kjord. That was me. And I brought you here for a very specific reason. What is that? 
I needed to see for myself. Am I correct the four of you encountered a mysterious figure in Branchire? This is true. Which one? Yeah, which one? One who claims to be seeking the betterment of Manumi as a whole. One who has asked you to go to find Brianna and to turn aside from Braxen Tarek. Yes, they have met me. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> That's me. Yes, we we did meet someone. We didn't... He is known to me. He is a friend of mine, you might say. Who? What's his name? Because he wouldn't tell us. Why oh, don't you tell us? Uh, that's not my place. I'm certain that he will What's reveal himself to you in time. people not telling us your name? Sometimes like you're safer not knowing. That's what they all said. But I have decided to reveal my name to you, and that name may mean something a bit more here quite soon. But the truth is, I've brought you all here to see if he is right about you four. He stops pacing... He steps over to the table. He picks up a glass of water that you didn't see there before, but it's there now. He picks it up. He takes a sip. I brought you all here to see if you're worth what he says you're worth. If you're capable of what he says you're capable of. To look truly into your hearts and see what it is that you desire. Are we? We're exactly capable of whatever we desire. And who are you to judge us? I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to see you. Here we are. Only God can judge me. <laughs> God help me. <laughs> I have seen the four of you. And as he says that, he, he scans the room, and he looks into each of your eyes individually. And it feels like he is boring down into your soul, honestly. Like one eye at a time? One eye at a time. You feel like he's reading your diary. You know, like he can see every thought and Get you're thinking, don't think of this, don't don't remember that. And he, it's like he's just reading you like an open book. Nobody Creepy. knows what it's like. Good thing Jim's not in this episode. Good thing. To be oh. the bad man. Oh, man. He would have went into a coma. Be the sad man. He looks at each of you. Brackle meets his gaze squarely. Roll me a constitution. No, roll me a wisdom saving throw. Or are you a wisdom saving throw? 12 plus wisdom. So that's a 14. 14. You're able to, it's very difficult, but you're able to keep eye contact with him while he stares. When he, your eyes melt out of your head. <laughs> when he looks at Misk, like, Misk is a pretty sure person of herself, but when mm -hmm. he looks at her and, like, he's done whatever the heck he does, she literally, she looks away, like, if, as fast as she can and just, like, looks down. She looks away like she's ashamed. Each of you have weakness. Each of you have some darkness. But it does not rule you. Even you, Saul, for all your mouthing. The truth is, I believe that each of you just might be capable of what he believes you are. And what's that? Great things, Kjord. You all need to understand something. He says that, and the fire in the hearth burns lower. It's still burning. There's embers, but the fire just shrinks. And where it was a bright orange glow, now it's more of a bluish fire, a hotter fire, but smaller. The world is currently, well, it's changing. You see, there was a time when... Things were not at peace the way they are now, the way things have been now for a millennia. 
perhaps longer, such a time of joy, a time of, well, peace, as I said, tranquility, a time for growth of the races, for coming together, for, for prospering. There was a time when the world was much darker, and that fire burns lower, and it gets a little colder in here. Time in the beginning, a time when the gods themselves walked on the face of Manumi. It was at that time that myself, my brethren, my sisters, we were kings, we were lords, and we were a friend to the free races of this world, and we fought a bloody war. Recently, one that I thought to be long gone, passed from this world, revealed herself again, and uh, things are changing because of her petty actions. And now there are things in motion, things that very soon I believe the four of you perhaps will be tasked with correcting. We're going to need your help, and I needed to see for myself if you were worth the trouble trouble it will be won't it Saul and he looks right at you is this in reference to something Saul should know or is it just in reference to the fact that what Saul has done it's in reference to Saul as a person that's what I thought well I don't expect it to be easy let me ask you all a question what is it that you want You don't want to ask me that question. I just did. Don't you already know? Humor me, Saul. Tell us all, what is it, Saul, that you want most of all? He glances over at Misk, looks back at his captor. (laughs) (laughs) Freedom? You want the truth? I want the good and the bad. I want the adventure. Jorg? I want to be... The very best. Thank you. Like no one ever was. <laughs> That's really the answer, though. It is. Misk. I want peace. For once in my life, I don't want to have to worry about who's around the corner or things that's haunted me in my past, and I just want peace. He looks at you as a prolonged look. And he sort of steps over your way, places a hand on your shoulder, Misk, and he says, I understand, Misk, and I believe there is a time coming where you can have that peace, but don't give up if things go awry. What is it that you seek, Brackle? I take his hand and I say, it's you, true one. It's always been you. You had me at hello. <laughs> no, I say, I too desire peace for Branshire, peace, security, prosperity, freedom from the interlopers, for my homeland, for my people. Hmm. Everything that the four of you seek can be found, but it is not a short journey. And I'm afraid that this path is going to take you places that you never thought you would go. I mean, for example, Did the four of you ever think, and when he says think, it's like lights come on all around you, like spotlights, you know, it's like someone kicking on the lights in a football field, and this room is huge, it's 100 foot ceilings, more than 100 feet across, and it's towered with mounds of silver and gold treasure, coins and goblets, and just wealth like you've never seen. 
did the four of you ever think that you would find yourselves here in the presence of the greatest of the Dracon Kelly? And he turns and he grins with a great, sharp, toothy grin. He stretches his arms wide and they stretch out into great silvery wings. I am Hopenkel, the true, the silver dragon, the strongest of my brethren, the wisest amongst us, and I will put you now to the test. Show me what you're worth. He stretches out in every direction. Oh my God. Growing four great limbs, he thunders down with his feet. His wings stretch out and he roars skyward. Let's roll initiatives. Finally, a real fight. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, guys and gals, and welcome back to another episode of Make Believe Heroes. And we are in the heat of it now, so I don't want to take too long. But we have a couple things to cover. First of all, we have a giveaway winner to announce. We are giving away a full-size poster of the poster for Season 1 of Make Believe Heroes. And boy, oh boy, is this thing beautiful. It was drawn and created by Ingrid Khan, or at typical underscore Ingrid on Twitter. You should check out some more of her work. It is really good. But this poster is gorgeous. You can see it on our website. You can see it on our Twitter. We've sent it out to our email subscribers, and it looks just amazing on our walls. And we're excited for you to have it. So I am happy to announce, with no further ado, the winner of January's giveaway. The winner is Andrew Faust. Congratulations. You'll hear from us very soon to discuss the shipping address and everything. We'll get that out to you as soon as possible. So congratulations on winning. Make sure to tune in next month for another giveaway. So we're thinking about a few new things here at MBH. Uh, We actually did a limited t-shirt run pretty early on last year for the, obviously those of us that are in the show, as well as a few close family and friends, some people who had helped us with some early feedback before the show was released and things like that. You know, we wanted to do something a little special for them. And so we did a small t-shirt run. We're talking about doing another t-shirt run. So stay tuned for some more information about that. Hopefully we will get something going soon. I may be putting a sort of like a poll on Twitter or uh, maybe even like a Google Doc in the show notes for everyone to fill out to see if there's enough interest for something like that. Or maybe even to run some more prints of this poster if some of you guys wanted to purchase one yourself. Um, We might do something like that. We'll see. We're looking at this world of merchandising to help support the show, keep things running smoothly, and just get more and more MBH goodness out to all of you guys whom we love. So let's get right down to business. I want to thank our sponsor, DiceEnvy.com, for being so awesome. If you've not been to DiceEnvy.com, you need to go right now. You need to go. You need to see what they've got going on. They just released these Infinity D4s that are beautiful. Uh, They have the monthly Dice subscription service. They have such a huge and beautiful selection. And every month they do a dollar set of dice that are aimed specifically for new D&D players. So if you're on the fence about playing D&D or getting some dice, you should go and check out their monthly set. They always do one at the beginning of the month. I think that January might be sold out, but we're almost to February now. So keep that in mind. 
If you do go to Dice Envy, I'm excited to announce that we are actually an affiliate of DiceEnvy.com now. So if you go to our website and click on the Dice Envy link on our homepage, we'll actually get a small percentage of the purchase that you make. And if you use the code HEROES, all caps, at the checkout, then you get 10% off. So that's a win for you, and it's a win for us. If you've been thinking about purchasing a new set of dice, then go to Dice Envy. Do it. Help us, the show you love, and Dice Envy, the company that we love. DiceEnvy.com. We've been giving shout-outs to BattleBards from the beginning. The people at BattleBards are top-notch. They're great. They create some of the best audio that you can find on the web for sound effects, soundscapes, music, anything that you could need for your table, they have it. And if you go and use the code MBH Podcast at the checkout for your BattleBards Prime subscription, you can get 15% off. Go check them out. I promise that when you sit down at your table with your friends to run a D&D game and you pull out your computer and you play that ambient music, it is going to take it to the next level. So go now and check that out. For the sake of time, we're only going to read one review this week because I know that you all want to get back to that dragon. Am I right? This review comes from Kevin Mom. Kevin Mom. This review is titled, I Love This Podcast. I cannot stop listening to this podcast. The people are funny and interesting, and they are family-friendly too. By the way, I am not the mom of this family. Wink. Okay. All right. Well, uh, that's cool, uh, Kevin Mom. Either, either way, we're so glad that you're listening. We hope that you're enjoying it still. And thank you so much for the five-star review. It goes such a long way toward helping us get noticed on iTunes. And if you're listening and you haven't, followed us on Twitter at MBH Podcast. Followed us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mbhpodcast or left us a five-star review on iTunes or on the web browser on Stitcher or whatever. Told your friends. Then if you want to help us, that's the best way you can do it. Leave us that five-star review. Tell a friend. And we will love you forever. So let's get back to Sylvandale where I believe our friend Kjorg is dying to fight a dragon. What the flip? I don't want to play anymore. I'm done. <laughs> Didn't we already do this once and it turned out pretty bad? That one yep. turned out bad. Yeah, Saul, Saul screams out, Dim Varga's better. <laughs> oh, you, you immediately jerk. you die. You jerk. Uh-huh. Nine. Saul got an 18. Your got an 18. Ooh. I got a 13. Uh, who's got the higher decks? I'm assuming it's Saul. Saul's got a plus three. 16. Kjorg's got a plus four. 18. Oh. Just kidding. He's got a plus two with a 14. Ha. Saul, you'll be beginning. A dragon has just revealed himself before you and challenged you to a fight. What do you do? So Saul is going to try to get out of the way of the breath weapon. Mm-hmm. He's going to spend a move probably trying to get up underneath him. Is he in the air still? Is he on the ground? He's on the ground. He? He's on all fours on the ground. Yep, Saul's going to like try to go to one side slash under him with the intention of plunging a dagger into his gut. Okay, roll it. Here we go. That is an 18 plus 5. That's a so hit. that's 23. That's definitely a hit. So. Oh! Ooh, 1d4 plus 3. My awesome amounts of damage I do down here. Seriously, though. I got a 2, so that's only 5. Okay. So you run up and you slash a dagger across his belly. Yep. It definitely rings on his scales. 
you're sure that it didn't do that much damage, but it, you do think that it cut in a little, you know. Not super effective a dagger against a dragon. No. So I have two weapon fighting, so technically could I hit him again as a bonus action? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to hit him with another dagger. No. I'm going to try to do it again. Okay, roll it. That's a 16. Total? Plus five. Sorry, 21. That's a hit. Oh, yes. That's a three. That is three damage. All right. I'll cut through this armor. You hear him. <laughs> and now it's Kjork's turn. I'm actually going to get out a hand axe mm-hmm. and a sickle. Okay. And I'm going to ride him. You're going to try and get on him? I'm going to jump on his back and stab into him with both weapons. Okay. He's pretty tall. You can't quite get all the way up onto his back, but if you run around from the side... So here's what's going to happen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to run up to his side and jump and like an ice climber, <laughs> use my weapons uh, to like climb up him. You know what I'm saying? Yes. While attacking. Okay. Here's what I want then. Go ahead and make me, because I assume you're doing two weapon fighting. Yeah. So go ahead and make me two weapon attacks, one with your hand axe, one with your sickle. That's a 17 with the hand axe. Okay, is that all together? Yeah. Okay, that's a hit. Ha-ha. Oh, six plus three damage. Ooh, okay, so nine damage. Nine. Sickle? Uh-huh. That is a 20, but it's not. It's not a... It's not a dirty 20. It's not a dirty 20 or it is a dirty 20? It's a natural 20? It's not a natural. Okay. No. It's, it's a, a dirty. <laughs> it's a dirty 20. It is a dirty 20. Okay, that you is also a hit. totally backwards. So roll me that damage. 1d4 plus 3. Six more damage. Excellent. Okay, both of your weapons land. So you jump and you dig the axe into his side. Where are you heading? Like Kind of like back behind his wings? Yes. Okay, you jump up behind his right wing. And you dig your hand axe in, and then you bring your other arm, and you slam it down, and you dig your sickle in. Now, roll me an athletics check to see if you can hang on. Oh, no. By the way, this is awesome. 23. Oh. Have inspiration, Cured. You have just mounted the back of a dragon. (laughs) Just in time, too, because it's his turn. And right as he feels the sting of your weapons dig into his side, he lets out a roar... And then, with a great flap of his wings, he lifts up off the ground. Oh, no. (laughs) But with your 23 athletics, you scramble up using your weapons as sort of a handhold up onto his back. And there are these great spikes ridging his spine on top of his back. And you're able to sort of grab a hold of one. (laughs) We're all going to die. He just says, welcome aboard, George. And then he (laughs) takes off flying. And he swoops around, facing down towards you all, and he unleashes a breath attack. Let's see. Oh, no. That's not good. I'm glad I got on the back of that before that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let me see how his breath attack works. That is not good. I've been on the other side of that before, and it's not fun. (laughs) Thanks. Bad things happen. So he's going to go for the paralyzing breath. I need everyone to roll me a constitution saving throw. Except me. He takes a deep breath and he blasts down this white mist down on you. It's like a gaseous mist. Not misc, mist down across the three of you. And I need everyone to make me a constitution saving throw. Oh, sweet. I had a 21. Excelente. Rackle? I got a six. (laughs) That's all. Oh, gosh. 
Come on, Saul. Well, the roll is a 13. I got a 14. That's good enough. You save. So, Brackle. Oh, oh my gosh. You're the only one who is completely taken over by this breath. As this gaseous white mist fills around you, as he flies over you, you breathe it in and your muscles seize up and you are frozen in place, paralyzed, unable to move for one minute. Or you can, you know, repeat the saving throw at the end of each of your turn. I'd also say if any of you on your turn try to assist Brackle in any way, I might give him a chance to save, but you'd have to use your action to do so. Someone go tag him quick. I'm paralyzed? Paralyzed. In case you're wondering what that does to you, you're incapacitated. Uh, you automatically fail on dex and strength saves. Attack rolls against you have advantage, and any attack that hits you is a crit, so long as they're within five feet of you. Oh. So I don't know. It's freeze tag. Should I help him, or should I attack? That's your call, but it is your turn. I know it's my call, but we're a team. We stick together forever. I mean, that's kind of what bards do, right? Right. We heal. What do I have to do to him? You don't have to use a healing word. He's not damaged, and that wouldn't save him. You don't have any sort of spell that will heal him, I'm assuming. So what I'm saying is if you want to go over and basically try to slap him out of it, I'll give him a chance to make a save. Okay. Kiss him right on the mouth. Uh, yeah. Okay. Y'all look over and see Miss just making out Brackle. Oh just yeah. Sing him a little song. Oh Brackle, <laughs> why don't you slap out of it? I like it. I like it. Okay, so Misk sings that. Slap out of it. Slap out of it, Brackle. Okay, Brackle. <laughs> Hold uh, on. Make me a Constitution save, bro. Constitution save. That's the one. You can do it. So it's an eight plus two is a ten. <sighs> Come on. You did. Very nice. But I sung a song. What? With advantage? No. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Brackle. That's okay. I helped. I tried. That's all you can do in your action. Um, I mean, you can do a bonus action doing something such as Bardic Inspiration. Oh, yeah. I can uh, Bardic Inspiration Kjorg or, yeah. Yeah. Since he's on top of the dragon. Yeah, I mean, he's the one that is on the dragon's back, so there you go. Yeah, he is. Oh, a bardic inspiration, you bruh. Is he inspired by your song to Brackle? <laughs> Kjorg hears from afar the sweet, sweet melody. Meli- melody? Melody. How do you say that? Melody. 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 Of Misk. Of Misk. And he is inspired. Oh, I'm gonna slap this dragon out of it. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be a t shirt. I love it. Okay, uh, Brackle. Me? Make me a saving throw. Constitution, I assume? That one. Uh, that's a 21 on the dice. Wait, no, it's a 12 on the die. That's a 12 on the dice. Okay. And I would add to that my Constitution saving throw modifier, which is plus two. So that's 14. 14. You save, Brackle. Awesome. And was it the end of my turn? It's the end of your turn, yes. Ah! Brackle just got saved. Awesome. You are snapped he out. He slapped of it. out of it. Brackle was sitting there with his arms crossed with <laughs> I'm warm now. Yeah. So he snaps out of it, and now we're back around to Saul. Saul. Oh snap. You are breathing in this silvery white mist and it's kinda of got a pleasant smell. Doesn't really seem to affect you. Oh yeah. He takes it in and blows it out with the cigar smoke that coming out of his mouth. Yeah, he does. What would you like to do? There's a dragon flying over you. I'm going to throw a dagger at said dragon. Okay. It's an 11 plus 5, a 16. Unfortunately, your dagger bounces off one of his scales and falls back to the ground, doing no damage. 
you hear from above. You're gonna have to do better than that little tiefling. Wow, he is so mean to you. Gosh. I don't like this guy. Oh, uh, he just thinks he's better than everyone. No, he just knows You would too if your name was Hope and Kill the True. I mean, it's true. It's true. Uh, Saul is going to use his move to move and his cunning action to try to hide. He's going to try to, you know, not be the next target. Okay, there are big mounds of uh, gold, silver, treasure, and different things. So you do a little tuck and roll. You want to try and hide behind something? He's wanting to do some Scrooge McDuck right here. Roll me a stealth check. Please, gods. Oh, that's terrible. I rolled a two. You do not hide. Plus, my stealth is uh, my stealth is high, but it ain't good. So that's seven. You put total. on a sign that says "Please kill me, dragon." Whopping seven. Seven total. <laughs> yep. All right. He <laughs> rolled perception, target. and you, you're hiding behind something, but you can't tell. You definitely, at the very least, would have partial cover. Nice. Ooh. So that gives you what a plus two to AC. Yep. Nice. That's the end of your turn. Cure. Cool. You are riding on the back of a dragon. It's awesome. I'm gonna clip his wings. Oh, gosh. Okay, with what? With your hand axe, scythe? What are you trying to do? Yes. Okay, yes to which? Both. Both. Okay, what do you do first? Um, I think that Axis would be better at chopping wings off. Holy cow, you're trying to actually chop his wing off? That's what I want to do. You know what I'm saying, bro? I mean, roll it. Uh, that is a 13. Total? Yeah. That's a miss. You bring the axe down, and when you do, he sort of turns, and your axe actually does connect with his wing, like the part of his flesh that's holding the flapping wings together, and the axe just kind of bounces off of it. You get the picture that maybe it's doubly reinforced with hard scales. Mm. I don't like that. It seems like maybe bone and sinew, you know, holding it together there, and those scales are really, really strong covering it just that part of the wing that's holding it to his torso. That makes me super mad. Okay. So I just like go up a little mm-hmm. on like up on the wing a little mm-hmm. and chop again. Along the wing? Yeah. Go ahead and roll it. I'm going to use inspiration. Okay. <laughs> What'd you get? Is that a natural one? <laughs> it might have been that. Okay, go ahead and it roll it. It might have been that. Go, go ahead and roll it. Okay, that is an eight. Total? <laughs> yeah. Did you roll like wow. a three? Wow. I did. Well, at least it wasn't a natural one, Kjork. You are on the back of a dragon. <laughs> at least it, it wasn't a natural one. Take that it as a one. That would have been awful. Okay, so you you bring your axe down again, and it when it hits his that part of his uh, wing again, this time it, it actually chips your axe. Ugh. It is hard as diamond back there, the part that you're trying to chop. And you realize that this axe is not going to cut this part. So there you go. It's not going to cut it. So, Kjorg, you're grabbing the wing. You try to do that. It chips a little bit. And as that happens, you bounce back. He does a tuck and roll. I need you to make me a strength saving throw to hold on as he does a twirly twirl in the air. That is a nine. Hodel? Total. You can't hold on. And as he flips and twirls in the air, you slip. Your grip lets go. He did so when you were swinging with your right arm, and so you only had a grip with your left hand, and it's just not enough, and you start to fall. And you're not that high up. You're probably, you know, 40 or 50 feet up. 
that's a hard ground beneath you. But before anything can happen, he finishes his spin and he swoops down, snatches you out of the air in his claws. What if I wanted to do something in midair? Such as? Indiana Jones him. Okay. You want to try and whip him with your whip? Like grab on. He wants to whip him. Whip him real good. Okay, you know what? I'll let you try that as a reaction. I like it. Oh, Lord. I'm going to let him roll against you. He's going to try and grab you, and you're going to try and whip him. Okay. Uh, It's basically strength v. strength here. So you make your attack roll. 15. Watch me whip. Watch me nay-nay. Oh, God. Let's hope you don't (laughs) nay-nay. He got a 13. Oh! Crap. All right. So he... He tucks and rolls. He chuckles. Better fix your grip. And then you whip right around that part of the wing that you're trying to cut, and you're basically swinging from it right now. Okay? (laughs) He's going to try and bite you. Oh, boy. This guy's a jerk. Oh, pure. He just nat 20 you. Oh, Oh my my gosh. This is a bad day. Why would he do that? This is not going well. I'm going to have to do something. You take... 15 piercing damage. That's a lot of damage. That's a lot of damage. So, yeah, you take some Dimaggio. 15? 15 Dimaggio. And he is going to try and recharge a breath weapon. He does not. Thank the good lord. And that is the end of his turn. He's swooping down toward the ground with you, Kyori, and you're hanging onto him. He is going to fly over top of the rest of the party, but he's not going to attack them because he's a little too focused as he's bit down on you pretty harshly. And now it is your turn, Misk. What do you do? I can't, like, heal him and attack. Yes, you can, but you can't can't attack with a spell. If you use Healing Word, that's a spell, and you can't use two spells. You can do a spell and a cantrip, though, right? You could use Healing Word and then throw a dagger, or you could use Healing Word and try Vicious Mockery. So I'm going to use Healing Word on Cured. Yay. And I'm going to use Vicious Mockery on the little little big dragon. So plus five. So you get five HP back, Cured. Garbage. So that brings you back up to 19. Thank you. So for Vicious Mockery, he needs to make a wisdom saving throw. Yes. Here he goes. He rolled a 16 on the dice plus his wisdom modifier, which makes it a 16. Okay, so he does not take any damage, unfortunately. But it was still a good still a good shot. That'll be it for you, unless you want to move. Do you want to move in any way? Yeah, I'll dunk behind some cover. Okay, now it is your turn, Brackle. Do right. something. I am going to use Hunter's Mark, and so I mark the dragon. Okay. And that's an extra D6 whenever I hit. Mm. So I want to draw back my longbow. Yes. And aim it right at the dragon. Oh boy! I'm looking. So on his underside, mm-hmm. there's there's a missing. There's not jewel. This is not the Hobbit. <laughs> yes, use the black arrow, please. So I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna roll with a wooden dice because this metal dice has been garbage. The ten plus. Let me think. Seven. Yeah. It's a seventeen. Seventeen. That is a hit. Holy cow! I'm also going to use my Colossus Slayer. Which, once per turn, when you hit a creature with a weapon attack, the creature takes an extra 1d8 damage if it's below its HP maximum. He's been hit, right? Yes. Yeah, he has. So I want to do 2d8 plus 1d6 plus 3. Holy cow. Do it. There's 1d8. <laughs> another d8. <laughs> and a d6. 
murderize him. Kill him. So that's 16. <laughs> nice. Wow. Oh my gosh. It's about Tom. Describe what that looks like. So I draw back my bow. Mm-hmm. I close one eye. Yes. Look at him. Mm-hmm. That's me marking him. Okay. Would you look at him? As I look at him, there's like a glint in my eye mm. as I, things mm. get serious. A silver glint. After I go, <sighs> let out a breath, take aim, release it, and then as I do, I pause. I can feel the air in this chamber. <laughs> I can feel the disturbance of the air from yes. the arrow. Okay. And I can tell it's flying true. You can. And I give it some willpower where mm-hmm. with my Colossus slaying might. And brightest day. Just push it. And blackest night. Into the dragon. It flies through the air and it pierces right under his breastplate, the bottom of his chest. And he lets out a roar. He's not wearing hockey pads. And then he stops flying. <laughs> he pulls back and he hovers and he looks at you, Brackle. I look at him. <laughs> and he looks at you. And it's Saul's turn. <laughs> oh, also, I want to try to take cover if okay. there's any cover to be taken from uh, my move. Mm, yeah, I'd say you can get to some cover for partial. Yeah, but I'm still peeking over it, looking at him. Okay. Is dude still in the air? Yes. Um, Saul, from his current position, is going to sling another dagger. You don't have many of these left. All right. How many does he have? Don't waste it. I thought he had four. So he's through one. One of them's laying over there somewhere. Ugh. It's a 10 on the dice plus five, I believe. Where'd it go? There it is. Yeah, plus five. 15. Mm, this one also flies and bounces off his scales. Mm. Saul has had it with these scales. Um, Saul's going to start digging himself deeper into the pile. I want to hide better. And, uh, you can throw one more if you're not going to hide. So you have a bonus action you could use to throw one more dagger. Yep, let's sling it. Okay. That's worse. <laughs> yep, that's a 10. We're doing real ten. good. Tink, tink. Alan actually did good. But. Yeah, Alan's wrecked. All right, so you stay behind your cover? Yep. All right, Kjorg. <laughs> and whimpers a little bit. Kjorg, you're kind of dangling. Kjorg is going to swing up onto the dragon. All right, give me an athletics check. Let's see what happens. Nothing crazy, just... Remember, you have bardic inspiration. Okay, so that is a 20. That is very successful. You're able to get enough momentum to swing and pull yourself back up onto his back. When you're back on his back, what do you do? I want to attack him. Okay, your hand axe is kind of shot. It's going to need repaired. Fine, then. Unless you have two. I thought I did. You do have two. There they are. So you can draw the other hand axe if you want. I do want to do that. Okay. And then what do you do? I'm going to hack his back. Okay, hack his back. Roll it. Hack his back. 23. Back again. Ooh, that is a hit. Roll me the damage. That is six damage. You attack again. What do you do? I would like to attack again. He wants to well on the dragon. Would I have to use my sickle? Yeah. That's a nine. That is a miss. You swing with your sickle, and he dodges again. And he is going to try again to flip you over. So roll me a strength save to hold on. Oh, boy. 17. You outdid him this time, so you are able to hold on as he rolls. (laughs) Yes. This time, he lands with a crash. 
Ooh. Right in front of Brackle. That's me. Ooh. Oh, yay. Come, human. Face me. And he lunges forward to bite at him. I'm going to use my cutting words. Okay, so roll me a d6. Oh, oh man. That's a poop That's roll. crap. You got a one, but you never know. It could be all the difference. Oh, the me. dice, though. What's your AC? 15. I think it's still going to hit. Yeah. Mm. Whenever I don't have my shield out, it's 15. Mm. Okay. I really, really tried. It's a dirty 20. That's okay. I'm trying Ooh. to read everything on my stinking sheet. <laughs> no, you did a good thing, but just keep track. You've used two of your bardic yeah. inspirations now. Okay, Brackle, you're going to take a little bit of damage. Nope. All right. You're going to take some damage here. How many? Oof. You take 12 damage. I didn't take any damage from the cold thing, right? Nope. You just got froze. And speaking of that, he's going to try and save. Or refresh, I should say. He does not refresh his breath weapon. So One more hit like that, and I'm dead. Yeesh. All right. Uh, that is the end of his turn, though. And now it is Misk's turn. Misk, what would you like to do? So many things. I'm going to use Thunder Wave, second level. Or You also have a spell called Shatter. That's a good one. Use it on his teeth. It's a sudden loud ringing noise at a point within range that you can see anywhere within 60 feet. He has to make a con save. If he fails, he gets 3d8 thunder damage. Right on his mouth. I guess I could try that. Okay. How does that look? I turn around. Mm-hmm. And like when he lands, it kind of makes everything shake a little, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I turn toward Brackle and like my outfit kind of sways in the wind. Mm-hmm. It's really dramatic. And she doesn't really usually like use her hands to you know make a spell or something it's usually just kind of her mind or her voice or whatever this time she just takes her hands and yells in that direction stop okay and it's a loud piercing ringing stop and he saves would you like to see what his role was oh really a natural one Really? Oh, nice. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, oh, oh. The way that we play it here on Make Believe Heroes is if you roll natural 20, it does double damage, right? So if you roll natural 1 on a save, it does double damage. Oh, yeah. Oh. So that means you're going to roll me 40. No, I'm sorry. What am I thinking? 68s. Oh, my gosh. That's a lot of damage. That's a lot of damage. We're using the dice tower. We're going to use the dice tower. Here we go, guys. Here we go. This could be it. 29 damage is all she did. It's 29 damage. 29 damage. Oh, that's all? It's a shattering, (gasps) piercing sound that when it happens, you see as some sort of bluish-black liquid comes out his ears, like you have burst his eardrums. Uh, Oh, yeah. And he howls a roaring scream. She really has seriously messed up his hearing. He is clawing back and stumbling and shaking his head. And Brackle, it's your turn, and I'm going to give you advantage on this attack roll. Awesome. So I am going to, once again, I'm going to make my attack roll with advantage, and that is an 18. 18 will hit. Okay, so now I'm going to roll... Kill him. Uh, I need some D8s back. So that's 15 damage. Oh my goodness. So he is stumbling back, clawing. Kjorg is riding his back. Like swinging his sickle and axe in the air. Brackle hews up with his bow and he releases an arrow. And as it does, it spirals through the air and it just cracks right into his chest as he's stumbling backward. 
and he falls back on his rump and he lets out a roar and then his head smacks the floor yeah it does oh my gosh I take my bow and arrow I have another arrow knocked Mm -hmm. just as fast as I released it I undraw it pull the arrow head close to my mouth and blow on it <laughs> wow, Brackle. Saul runs out and immediately starts cutting off his ears. <laughs> Saul, <laughs> you you step out to head toward him. And as you do, this white, misty smoke is just rising up off of him. Kjork, you slide off of his I back. I put my foot on his back and say, It's the people's champion! <laughs> <laughs> the smoke is rising off of his body. And he picks his head back up again. He's kind of shaking it back and forth and shaking it back and forth as he is slowly but surely transforming back into his humanoid form. And he rises up from the floor, wiping this blue and black blood from his face around his ears, kind of stretching and popping his jaw. He says, my, what a challenge. I haven't had a good fight like that in, well, it's been a long time. Misk just kind of takes a big, deep breath Mm because she knows that that was a lot. Like, it took a lot for us to even mm-hmm. get that far. And she kind of feels unsure about their strength, I guess. Brackle walks up and looks around and says, did we pass your test? Yes, Brackle, I would say that you all have performed quite admirably. He turns to Saul. You should expect a challenge from a prince and princess of hell. Well, your sister is certainly formidable. I'm not sure what the three of you would do without her. If I may say so myself, Misk, that was quite an impressive spell you used and perfectly aimed going for my ears. Very sensitive area. Saul, I would recommend perhaps trading in those daggers for something a bit more effective. Depending on your foe, those may let you down. Wouldn't you rather have some other type of weapon? <laughs> Several. My f- sword doesn't work anymore. And actually, he's going to throw it at the dragon's feet. His sword? Yep. Hmm. And his remaining dagger. Got anything better than those? Now that you mention it, I might have something. Oh my gosh. And then I throw my chipped hand axe. You broke this. (laughs) (laughs) You broke this with your face. Replace it. You're right, Georg. And Brackle throws down his bow and says, (laughs) And my bow. (laughs) Hmm. We'll just have to see if maybe I can't come up with something and that is where we're gonna have to end this week oh my gosh we did it oh then we all die guys we fought a dragon again that was awesome again but it, well, was, it was different first this time. time for me it was different my next move was gonna be to climb up his neck and stab his eyes oh gosh i didn't realize brackle was that strong brackle was wrecking things that was amazing Wow, I hope that you guys enjoyed that, expanding the lore. We have met our second of the Drake on Killing. That's crazy. Or is he the fourth? What? Or maybe the third or fifth. Who can say? Whoa, he's part of them? He said he was. (laughs) It's at least your... Oh, he's a dragon? It's at least your third. (laughs) Shut up, Felicia. I don't get it. He's at least the third. I'll just let you all think about that. These are awesome. He's definitely, definitely the third. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, We will be back next week. I am much confused. And we love you. I love you. Bye. Adios. Bye. I'll miss you all. Happy birthday, Alan. Thank you. Goodbye. Goodbye.